Broadcasting from the CRW studio, this is the Two Drink Minimum with your hosts, Henny and Patron. Cheers, college football fans, and welcome back to the Two Drink Minimum. I am Dan Patron, and with me as always is bowl hater Kevin Hennigan. Easy. Tonight, instant reactions to the bowl matchups, the college football playoff, the New Year's Six, and a couple of extras we're excited for next on the Two Drink Minimum. Kevin Patron. I don't know. Bowl hater is accurate strong. It's accurate. I just love the regular season so much. That when I get to the bowl games, and I've put in all this time, and you're trying to negotiate a little bit at this time of the year where you're going to spend your hours. The bowl games, to me, I, I'm not as big into them as you are. And we're going to be talking about plenty of them over the next couple of weeks. And you're going to convince me. I'll do my homework. I'll be ready to talk about some of the bowl games, why we should be watching them more this year than ever. It just I love the regular season so much. That's I, it just that's what it is. I know you love the regular season and I get that you that you love the regular season. I I think that you sometimes can disregard what these games mean to the kids who aren't playing for championships. I get that they're not playing for championships, but I'm excited for you to do your little deep dive into some of these underling games where they're not playing for championships, but you got your dudes like your Tommy Hennigans that you've been looking at all year, and these guys that are seniors that want to go out on a high note and it means something to them, and it's awesome. And it's, that's that's what I like about bowl season. It, I get it that you're like, who, who wants the Boca Raton Bowl trophy? But you end your college career with a W, that matters to people. No, it's not. It's then, You play to win the game. I agree, Herm. But when you look at the coaches leaving some of these schools, you want to talk about Tommy Hennigan and Drinkowitz, one and done there. He's Carmelo Anthony at App State. You There's know what I mean? no He's one O. And done. There's no O in that. It's just Drinkwitz. I got all this beer, but I got nobody to Drinkwitz. That's, okay. that's his name. When that stuff happens, it affects me getting into the games. You know, Scott Frost, he's going to preach about Central Florida the moment that dude can leave, right, to go not make bowls at Nebraska. He does it. So that hurts some of my interest in the games. But I'm going to give him my, I'm going to give the old college. Okay, try so let me, let me let me let me let me grease your wheels and warm you up. We left off the last episode by saying that we were going to talk about the Peach Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl, the college football playoff bowls just briefly. And again, tune back in for our full commentary. For our full analysis on these games, we will put these out as the week goes. As these games get closer, we will cover some of these games as they come up. We're going to tell you who's going to win these games. But for right now, we're going to give you some instant reaction as to why you should be fired up for these games. Peach Bowl, LSU, Oklahoma. I get it. Number one versus number four. Why be fired up for this game, Kevin? What are you looking at? Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow in this game. Outstanding receivers. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, if you have not been watching this guy play football, he's an outstanding player, receiving, catching, blocking, does it all. You're going to have Randy Moss's kid playing in the game. And then two defenses that we have been questioning that have shown they are getting better. These defenses against two of the best offenses uh, that we have seen in college football. I, I we could keep, I'm ready to go into a deep dive. I got to pull back a little bit, but you want to, 
Number one versus number two offense. LSU, number one offense. Oklahoma, number two offense. They're both averaging over 40 points per game. Like, this thing could break the scoreboard, Henny. Every team in the playoffs is averaging over 43 points per game this season. So you get all the teams can put up points. Amazing players to watch. The C.D. Lamb-Derek Stingley matchup we're going to be getting into over the next couple weeks is going to be outstanding. It's going to be a blast. How about the wide receivers in this game, Hennigan? You just brought up CeeDee Lamb. You got also have Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. I had to do some math. Truth be told, I used a calculator. Those three guys, are you ready for these guys' stat line between the three of them? I better be. 3,013 yards and 46 touchdowns between those three wide receivers. Whew. And they're all going to be on the same field for us to watch on, yes. de- on December 28th with two guys who are going to be in New York next week for the Heisman ch- uh, ceremony. So two quarterbacks, wide receivers. You are, we're not even talking about Kennedy Brooks and Clyde Edwards. Alaire, both underappreciated running backs. You get into the defenses. That game is going to be electric, yeah. electric fiesta bowl, right? That one, that's the appetizer for then what's coming at 8 o'clock, Ohio State and Clemson. I, I'm i so excited for this game. This is what I want to see. These two teams go at it. How does this Ohio State defense try to stop a Clemson offense that no one has been able to stop? Clemson's defense shutting down everyone that they have played against. It's not named Bryce Perkins. He's not playing in this game. Ohio State two Heisman guys on that team, J.K. Dobbins right in the mix with them. So much talent playing in this game. I'm excited to watch those two teams play. Right. I mean, Chase Young, uh, you didn't even bring up Chase Young. We're talking about the offensive guy, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne and the receivers that Clemson rolls out at you. You have the number three offense in Clemson, number five offense in Ohio State. But then you also have the two top-ranked defenses in this game in number one defense Clemson and number two defense Ohio State. So these two teams are coming at you with this well-rounded game. Also superb offenses. The winner is going to get the chance to play for the national championship against maybe that LSU team. That LSU team is heavily favored. And either of these two teams can certainly beat that LSU team if they're able to take care of business against Oklahoma. This game right here, as I'm looking at it, very well may be the national championship game between these two teams because of those defenses. So we're going to see when they play each other, we're going to see who's – Who's who? Who's for real? You know, I, when you talk about this Ohio State team, I read an article the other day that said, and, and it was an article from Ohio, so it was not, you know, somebody the Columbus that, Dispatch. So, I don't know if it's Columbus Dispatch. I don't know if it's a if it's a uh, magazine or Cincinnati or Observer publication that reputable. But they were saying that this very well may be the best Ohio State team ever. Sure. They've got three guys who are going to finish in the top seven in the Heisman voting, maybe in the top five. Uh, Jeff Okuda may be college football's best cover corner. Chase Young is – Oh, Derek Stingley heard that, and he is upset. Chase Young is almost – certainly, it may even be unanimous, the nation's best defensive player. 
Justin Fields is one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the country. No quarterback in 11 years has thrown for at least 40 touchdowns and as few as one interception. And we haven't even talked about J.K. Dobbins, who almost has 2,000 yards rushing. Then you talk about Clemson. We haven't even talked about – then you talk about what Clemson brings to the table, and you talked about it in another show, uh, the – Trevor Lawrence effect where he's has 20 touchdowns and zero interceptions in the last six games. Was that the number? He's Is never the lost right a number? college football game. Never lost a college football game. Get that. Kevin, get this. Are you ready for this one with this? This blew my mind when I Edge saw it. my seat. Clemson is outscoring opponents by 36 points per game. That's pretty good. Okay. Ohio State is outscoring opponents by 36 points per game. Right? Yeah. There's 130 teams in college football. Okay. There are 115 teams who didn't average 36 points per game, period, let alone margin of victory. Like, this is the level of talent that you're going to see on the field, man. Those two teams, it's ridiculous. It's absurd. I can't wait to get to this full breakdown. That's why to be excited about this game. It probably does not take much convincing. No, this playoff is loaded. Any of these four teams can win this because Jalen Hurts is dynamic enough. And you start when we get into breaking down these teams, you can make a case for any of these four teams. It's as good a playoff as we have seen. I don't think there's been a better one when you look at the teams in this. The average margin of victory in semifinal games. I think games, that's fair. I think that's fair, and I think that's fair not so much because of Oklahoma at the four seed, but because there is three. there are three really strong contenders. I think in the past we've had two and then two other guys. In the past, the, the college football playoff really could have been something where you had just – the, the two teams they called but that then, the BCS but then the one year Ohio State actually won it when they weren't supposed to be there so you know maybe Oklahoma's that team I'd be careful ruling them out New Year's six bowls which so the New Year's six bowls are actually only four bowls because the college football playoff counts as two of the New Year's six bowls but you have these are some interesting matchups here Kevin you have Rose Bowl Oregon versus Wisconsin Cotton Bowl Penn State versus Memphis Sugar Bowl, Georgia versus Baylor, and Orange Bowl, Florida versus Virginia. Take a look at one of those games and tell me why it's your favorite, if if one sticks out to you. The Rose Bowl, as a college football fan, is one that I am going to watch every year. Not all the bowl games am I going to tune into, but the Rose Bowl is absolutely one. The way we saw Oregon play, what Wisconsin was able to do in the first half against Ohio State, that's a game I'm excited for. And the Cotton Bowl is, too. Penn State, offensively, all those guys are coming back next year. They have a bunch of sophomores on that team. So it gets tough in bowl season. Who's going to play? They're going to get some great weeks of practice in here. That's why coaches love the bowl season because you're already turning the page to the next year. This is not a 2019 game for them. This is turning the page to the 2020 season. Penn State is going to be a team that people are talking about Top 10 preseason, can they compete with Ohio State to get in the playoff next year with what they're going to ha- be bringing back offensively? And whenever you have the group of five winner, it hurts not having your coach. It's that respect thing. Hey, we're playing for respect. Yeah. And I, so I think that those two games I'm looking forward to watching. But um, 
some of the other games, they don't get me as excited, but Cotton Bowl, Rose Bowl, I'll be watching. It hurts with no Mike Norvell in the Cotton Bowl. He announces that he's not going to coach this game. He took the FSU job and said he's not going to coach this game. Did you see that? They yes. say he's out for this one. It's getting to the point that you should almost tell the Group 5 winner you get a New York six, uh, a New Year's Six Bowl as a consolation prize for losing your head coach. That's true. Like, congratulations, you had an awesome season. We're going to give you a couple million dollars. We're going to invite you to this party, but then we're going to take your coach. Kevin, since 2014, New Year's Six teams boise state with brian harson he's still at boise state surprisingly enough i don't know how they've been able to keep him 2015 houston with tom herman gone 16 western michigan with pj fleck gone 2017 ucf with scott frost gone 2018 ucf with josh hypeful who played with scott frost guys got them to the college football playoff they're talking about firing him actually josh hypeful Ooh, and 2000, 2019 memphis with mike norvell gone like this is a consolation prize, but that's what the coach. I mean, that's what you're doing. That's the coaching carousel. That's that's how you get there. That's that's why you're not going to be a power six. I know the American Conference wants to not talk about the power five, the power six, but those coaches would need to stay if you are going to create that in the American or any of those group of five conferences. The coaches would need to stay and build something. If the American had Luke Fickle staying. Right, if he's going to stay at Cincinnati, right. and Memphis is going to keep their coach, Brian Harson's going to stay at Boise State from out west, then you might be able to build something. But what's going to happen every time with those schools is the coaches are going to leave. That's the nature of college football. It detracts from the Bulls for me. That definitely impacts it when you see – I understand why players sit. I understand why coaches leave. I don't blame them for doing it, but it does take away – from the game and from my excitement for it and that's that's fair that they leave but it, then i'm gonna be like eh, it's fair okay I, it, it's almost as though there should be a they should push back recruiting they should do something where it doesn't encourage these guys to leave in between the end of the regular season and the bowl season but the coaches those memphis guys deserve to have their coach who they committed to be committed to them and coach them in their bowl game. Norvell said he had – I, I have to leave, right? Absolutely, but he has to leave. Just like Why does he have to leave? Just anybody – any college basketball player that has a decent NCAA tournament – No, no, I mean, why does he have to leave now? And gets promised a lottery pick, has to leave. No, I mean – They not, have to leave why early, does he? Right? Why can't he stay for a few more weeks? Right. Recruiting is what they always say. That's that's what right. I always it's get. A cop it's a cop-out. Total cop-out, absolutely. Jeff Scott, hired as the South Florida coach, is going to stay and be the offensive coordinator for Clemson through the playoff run. So somehow he's able to stay and coach. Jeff Scott took the South Florida job? Yes. Yeah, that, so, that's a great hire I, for them. Somehow he's able to manage it, but you know, if you're the Memphis coach, you can't stay. And so it's just it's interesting that if you're in the playoff, those coaches are able to manage it. But somehow the coaches for a coach at Memphis and at the different schools you mentioned, they can't stay. It's it's unfortunate that that's that that's what goes on here. Sugar Bowl, Georgia versus Baylor. I don't care about that game. I, you know, I'd have to I, I have to tell you, I would be more interested in this game if they were playing it in the regular season. I think both of these teams at full strength would be interesting to watch. 
However, my take on this game is you've got two good defenses. You've got two conference runners-up. You've got a really, really good coach in Matt Rule. You've got a good coach in Kirby Smart. Good quarterback play out of Jake Fromm. But who's going to play is, I... is my question. Who's playing in this game? And this is where I told you in, in our production meeting that I got sucked down some of these rabbit holes. This was one of the rabbit holes that I got brought down, and I couldn't stop looking at it. It was one, like one of those things. You ever see those things that are so ugly you just can't turn away? It's like so disgusting that you can't turn away. I, my initial thought was, is Jake Fromm going to play or is he not going to play? Like DeAndre Swift's definitely not going to play. But they have other dudes over there running back. But when I looked at it and I said, is Jake Fromm going to play or is he not going to play? You get sucked down that rabbit hole of if he doesn't play, who's playing? They have nobody, dude. Didn't they bring, nobody. They bring a guy in in the game, Look, right? Uh, ready? Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Grad transfer Jess Sutherland who did not even start at Samford and is a former scout player of the year at Samford in 2015. Freshman Nathan Priestley, who the dogs have virtually no bio for and seems as though he's a zero-star guy. Redshirt sophomore John Setter, who's a walk-on scout team guy. Seth, sophomore Stetson Bennett IV, whose dad might have been uh, like that rich guy on Gilligan's Island was a former walk-on scout team guy who left, went to JUCO, and then came back this year. Cool, interestingly enough about this guy, that his nickname is The Mailman because uh, when he was on the college football like circuit for the recruits, he always delivered the ball on time. And that's, I, that's their You're actual me backup. On bowl, is this you selling me on a bowl game? No, this is... This is going down this rabbit hole as to who why, Georgia but, has. Right, but why are you going to disrespect the Samford quarterback? This, this, I'm, I'm playing. Up, Duck Hodges is undefeated in the NFL, and that's who he was playing behind. I want to play Dwayne. I want to see Dwayne Matt. If 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 I'm Georgia, I want Dude, this them is, to This just, is enough of this bowl game. No one cares about this bowl game. You're telling players that we don't even care about. Let's move on from this game. Give me another one. This is amazing, though. Like, how do you have nobody on your entire roster? That I think can... you just can't bring up the Samford guy. The, the guy playing in front of him is an NFL quarterback. Doug Hodges is undefeated in the NFL. <laughs> so you're playing behind an NFL quarterback. That's okay. Uh, but, you're there, but that's a terrible job selling me on a bowl game on the bowl game thing right there. You're making me tune out. If Fran plays, let's let, we'll, we'll talk about it. If, I still don't care about that game at all. What are some other games that you're excited about? Florida, Virginia, that's the Orange Bowl. You care about that one? The only other game that I have on my list, Minnesota taking on Auburn. Minnesota is approached. I would look at it as you're like a group of five team coming into this game. You're trying to make that step. Minnesota, you faltered a little bit. You had to play some tough teams down the stretch. You get a shot at Auburn. Obviously, Auburn's going to have guys not playing in this game. That's every SEC, every big name team is going to have guys that sit out, obviously. But for Minnesota. That's a cap out for Auburn, though, because what do they got? They got, they got. The big Derek Brown who might sit out, but the rest of their guys are pretty young. But they'll have they're going to play. Out. But they're Minnesota will. Um, Minnesota for them, it's a big game for their program. You like it? It Absolutely. does mean something for them. So Absolutely. those Rose Bowl, Cotton Bowl, and that Outback Bowl with Minnesota Auburn are three games that I want to watch because PJ Fleck. That game's important to him and his program. That we belong. It matters to him. Yeah, and, and I think that this Auburn Minnesota game is a great game to follow up that Georgia Baylor disaster with who doesn't play and 
nobody's going to play because most guys will play in this Auburn-Minnesota team. These are two young, up-and-coming programs where if you take a look at Auburn, what you come up with is young guys at the skill positions. Bo Nix, DJ Williams are both freshmen. Booby Whitlow is a sophomore. Uh, the top two wide receivers, Seth Williams and Anthony Swartz, are sophomores. Swartz is actually a 2020 Olympic hopeful sprinter. Minnesota, that you're looking at young guys over there as well. Tanner Morgan's going to obviously play. He's a sophomore. Rashad Boatman, Chris Autumn-Bell, Antoine Winfield Jr., all sophomores. So these are two teams where their guys are going to play, and that's exciting. Wrinkle to this game that's interesting is Chad Morris taking the job. Chad Morris is yeah, the new, working with him already. new offensive coordinator coming over from being fired by Arkansas, yeah. where he was an excellent offensive coordinator at Clemson and had a disaster of a head coaching career. It went really bad at Arkansas. It went really bad at SMU. The, the guy's coaching record is 18-41. and 41. Not good. But now he's going to take over as offensive coordinator. Be interesting to see what that Auburn offense looks like. That's something to watch for. Yeah, that was a nice pickup for them. And I don't know how those guys get involved. Do they dive in right away? I'm not sure how that plays out. But that, Well, they lost game. their offensive coordinator, so they have to have a uh, offensive but coordinator. But he hasn't I know, been there all year. I know year, Gus so Melzahn does a lot with his own And they Chad Morris for boys, right? They've got a history. So that was an obvious hire. Las Vegas Bowl. I'm out of. You're gonna to have to tell me who's playing in these Las games. Las Vegas now, Bulls, I went Boise three deep, and that's as far as you're gonna get. Boise State, Washington, Coach of the Year, maybe Boise State. Right? You want to talk about a guy who's getting it done? That's, you know, Brian Harson, not the Mountain West Coach of the Year, which is not. I mean, that's awful that you're not gonna have him be the coach here. He's never won it in the Mountain West Conference. Criminal. It is. It's awful. But you have a team that's gone through a bunch of quarterbacks. Their defensive coordinator left after last season, went to Oregon. You saw what Oregon was able to do defensively, and they were better this year defensively without him. Chris Peterson, they must have – this is a nice setup for him. That's you know, a definite setup. Chris Peterson is going to coach. He's going to coach his final game against this game his, should be on the blue his turf. former team. This should be at Boise. That would be much better if they moved the game. Instead, it's at Vegas. Yeah. December 21st, 730. Uh, that's a cool date for that game. Another one that I had circled was the Holiday Bowl. I've got USC versus Iowa. I think that's kind of a cool game. Uh, again, Iowa doesn't have – when I look at these games, the Baylor-Georgia game is that what you hate. When I look at some of these games, Iowa does not have a lot of guys who are going to sit because they don't have a lot of pro guys. Anyways, USC is a super young team. So this is a game where you're going to get these two teams playing, and that's the, the, the type of games that I circle. Boise State, Washington is another one. This one's going to be good, man. Good defense, electric offense, great passing offense with Keaton Slovis, Michael Pittman, and Amon Ra St. Brown, your guy, Amon Ra St. Brown, fifth best offense, uh, passing offense in the country against Iowa's 10th best passing defense. That's going to be a good one. Clay Helton somehow kept his job. So Morris have turned it down. It they these sound these games sound great. I'm just not going to make sure I'm sitting on my couch when these games kick. That's what's going to happen. If they're on, they're on. Well, this one's twelve. This one's December twenty seventh at seven thirty. So you're kind of like settling in, getting your preparations going for the next day, which is the college football playoff on December twenty eighth. And you're like, sweet. USC, Iowa's on. I'll watch that, and it'll be a good game, man. That'll if, be a really good game. If I'm going to watch 
all all day Saturday watching college football. I may have to negotiate Friday night a little bit. There's all no right. negotiations. I'm working. I'm working. I'm you got to tell me what game's going to be on for the uh, wing night down at Swallows. Have you done any research there? So you got to find one for me there. You're going to sell me on it. Tell me about Michigan, Alabama. Do you care? How about that one? Who I, plays? What like, int- that's a weird one too, because that th- this goes to this goes back to that who plays thing that you had. Uh, Alabama has like ten guys who could sit out. What's way more interesting to me is going to be the press conferences when those kids say that they've now left Alabama or whatever, and they're not going to play. It's like it seems like it's an all or nothing type thing. The players we're going to meet. Much more intriguing to me is Saban up there getting peppered by reporters, and he's going to. That, I'll watch that. Right, he's, getting all, he's getting all annoyed with, with oh, asking so the questions. So annoyed. Harbaugh, the, he needs to just win games. That guy can't – he does not need to lose more games and deal with that going into the offseason. So, for him, he'll be trying to get guys fired up for that game. Oh, yeah. He'll be trying to sell his his fan base on the fact that he beat an Alabama team. It without, means it's a national without, championship without, game for him. Without Najee Harris, Jerry Judy, Riggs, Devontae Smith, without any of those guys. Two is injured. Yep. You know, I beat Alabama. He will. It will mean something to him, but that's one of those situations where we'll see the talent for future years for Alabama. I mean, their starting quarterback for next year isn't on their roster. He's going to be coming from modern day. He's still in high school. He'll be their starting quarterback next year. But they're – I don't know. If they're playing guys that are going to the NFL, maybe – I don't know. I'm not that excited yeah. for this game. Although I like watching the guys for next year. Like going back to that Florida-Virginia game that we just sort of glossed over, like this is starting to be Florida next year because I don't think – I don't think that's Kyle Trask's job. Emory Jones is there. You've got another four-star kid coming in. Like, it's kind of cool that these guys, you're starting to watch what's going to happen next year. The bowl season starts to develop what's going to happen next year. And for anybody that's a fan of these programs, you know, like, say, Michigan or in Alabama, you get to see who some of these kids are next year coming in in a competitive game. So that is something that's worth watching. It is enjoyable to watch. If Michigan, you know, do does Shea Patterson maybe give way to the McCaffrey kid a little bit in this game? We'll see that. My deep cut. You got a deep cut? You got like a weird game you're looking forward to that you have to tune into? No. Boca Raton Bowl, man. SMU-FAU. You've got to be bummed that S- what date is SMU playing their bowl game? I mean, they're playing December twenty first. That's got to bum you out a little during bit during the afternoon. It? It's yeah. an afternoon game too. It's but, a Saturday. But look, Saturday afternoon. But right? look, that game is going to be great. Like that's one of those because all those dudes are going to play. You sure. know, all those dudes are going to play. Lane Kiffin is gone, so those sound bites are out. But you have the number five versus the number 19 offense in the country, and neither one of them really play much defense. Over. Take so, the over. So that game's going to be like 48-45. You just watch the scoreboard light up. You got Shane Bushell tossing it around. You got James Proshi out there. That game's going to be good. That game's going to – you, you got to watch that. You watch that? Probably not. Offensive fireworks? I, December 21st, I'll have to see what I've got going on. <laughs> I think I'm busy. I knew as soon as I saw that game, like, Dan's going to be crushed at SMU after this season of playing on December 21st. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it because yeah. th- that's a great game. That's going to be a fun game to watch. Can't they're wait. playing. They're playing a conference champion. You know, FAU won their conference. That's a, that's a good bowl game. Playing the Owls? Yeah, they're back. They're back from irrelevance. 
So let's go. Nothing states being back from irrelevance like, like playing the Boca in the Raton. Boca Raton like the Bowl Boca Raton against Bowl. FAU. You know you are back. They're back. Yes. They're back. They're Just like the Texas power, was back. They're in the Power Six Conference. Kevin, Patron. Any, anything else? You got you got any other complaints about bowl season? You want Here's to what I'm going to tell you, Patron. Tune in next week. We're going to get into some bowl games. I am going to do my research. We will make sure we've done the homework. Listen to what we have to say about the bowl games, why you should watch. Maybe it's a certain senior that's leaving a program. That's his last time he suits up for your team. Certain matchups we want to get into. New guys that didn't get a lot of opportunity during the season. We will do our homework for these bowl games. I promise you that. We will get you excited for them, tell you why you should listen to some of these games. Not all the games. You you should definitely watch all the games. But we will be able to talk to you about... Because what else are you doing? Because what else are you doing? That's true. (laughs) All right. I I have already done my homework. I love the bowl games. You should watch the bowl games. We're going to sell Henny this over the next few weeks. We are going to sell Henny on how awesome bowl games are and how there is tons of college football to watch between December 20th and the college football playoff on December 28th. We're going to have a ton of fun doing it. We're going to have a very good time watching the bowl games, talking about the bowl games, going through the bowl games, and then that is going to culminate with that college football playoff, which is going to culminate with a national champion, which is going to end this college football season and devastate me because it's over. But there's always another one, and there's always more to talk about in the offseason. Are we going to be at Swallows on December 23rd, that Monday night? Are we going to be there? December 23rd. listening wants to join Henny and Patron at Swallows. December, December 23rd. 23rd li- are we going to do a live show? <laughs> yeah. December 23rd, we will be at Swallows. Chicken wings, whatever bowl game is on. That's all for tonight. You can check us out on Henny uh, at Twitter at Henny and Patron. You can listen and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, and essentially anywhere podcasts are found. Special thanks tonight to our brewery, Voodoo Brewery, for their Grand Matt Belgian style ale. I am Dan Patron. He is still, but not for long, bowl hater Kevin Hennigan. And this is the two drink minimum cheers cheers